Started with pot when I was about 16 and then progressed from that into ice. So methamphetamine, which is real nasty stuff. I was addicted to ice from about 18 through to about 26, so about eight years. I spent four of those years in jail and I just thought to myself, this is literally the pattern that I'm repeating and I kept finding myself in and out of jail. I needed to do better. If there was just this one key you could give to the listener, you know, the keys to their queendom or kingdom, what would that piece of advice be? Think back. Welcome to the queendom. And we are here with Ben Lowe, who is the founder of Interchange, a high-performance coach for keys to the queendom. I'm so excited to introduce you, legend. How are you today? I'm really good. Thanks for having me, Tam. Really appreciate it. Um, You know, one of the things I want to mention for everyone listening, Ben is one of my one-on-one clients, my first male client, which again, I'm really honored to have you as part of Queendom. And it just goes to show now that Queendom's going in a direction of not just building empires for queens, but for kings as well. How does that resonate with you? Um, There needs to be a balance between the two. And I feel like obviously the masculine and the feminine really balance each other out. So that's where I feel like I've, I guess, brought that dynamic to the Queendom, right? Honestly, it's been the best thing ever. So we love having you part of our, our family. I feel like what's really cool for me to bring forward now is letting the, the listeners hear your story because you've obviously traversed through some big things in your life and it's brought you to where you are today. So share with everyone listening how you became who you are now and the things that you've traversed in life. Yeah. <laughs> um so as a kid, I um, had a pretty good upbringing. I came from a good family, um, you know, parents, big house, uh, pool, really, really good upbringing. Right? I went to good schools, all that sort of stuff. Um, my parents got divorced when I was about 13 years old, and I think that's about the point where I started to go off the rails a little bit. Um, there was that, I guess you'd call it feeling of abandonment, and I know a lot of people struggle with this. Um, you know, feeling like they're not getting the love they need, even though their parents are obviously doing the best they can. We've got to obviously give that to our parents. Like, I don't think there's really many parents out there that intentionally hurt their children, right? But obviously, we all carry these wounds from from childhood. Now, this led me to obviously being abandoned, feeling like I was being abandoned, which then uh, I guess I found myself looking for acceptance in all the wrong places. So, drugs, alcohol, girls, all of the above. Um, I found myself actually hanging around with a lot of people um, that were using drugs. That was my thing. So I started off smoking pot when I was about 16 years old and um, with a couple of people that I actually worked with, I worked at McDonald's. That was my first job. And um, we're out in the back room and a couple of the boys were going to have a joint. And I was like, fuck, I might get around this. I'll, I'll give it a go. And boom, lo and behold, here I was. I found my people or so I'd thought. Um, started with pot when I was about 16 and then progressed from that into ice, so methamphetamine, which is real nasty stuff. Um, I was addicted to ice from about 18 through to about 26, so about eight years. Um, and I spent four of those years in jail uh, due to the things that I was doing, um, the people I was hanging around. Um, I just had really, really gone off the rails. Um, I felt... I guess like I had, I guess, found my place with these people. But after being in jail, I realized that, you know, at the end of the day, none of these people were there when I was locked up. None of these people were there. The only people that were actually there were my family um, through all of it. Uh, my family always supported me. They always had my back. 
And um, after sitting in that jail cell, so like I said, it was about four years over about six different occasions. And the longest that I spent in there was a year and a half uh, for uh, drugs, like I said, a high quantity of drugs, stolen cars, assault, um, just all the bad shit. Pretty much, uh, you know, you'd call us the scum of the earth at that point in time. Um, and yeah, I found myself in jail and that was the point where I was like, you know what? I'm better than this. I saw the same people coming through the system, you know, and where I was working at the time was the reception wing. So everyone that came into the jail would come through this wing. And, um, I literally saw the same people three or four times within a couple of months. And I just thought to myself, this is literally the pattern that I'm repeating. And I kept finding myself in and out of jail. I need to do better. Um, so I guess fitness was actually my out. Um, fitness, training, health, all that sort of stuff was my out. Um, when you're in jail, you're literally surrounded by, uh, you know, junkies, thieves, people that are considered to be the lowest of the low. But at the end of the day, they're not all like that. Some people have just lost their way, you know. Um, and I think that it's never too late for anyone to change. And for me, the thing that got me to change was the fitness side of things. So in their training, um, you know, I'd be, I literally had no, no idea what I was doing. No idea. I'd never picked up a weight in my life, never lifted anything. Maybe used to do some push-ups and sit-ups when I was younger, you know, try to get a six-pack when I was a kid. Once again, looking for that external validation from females and that sort of stuff, right? Um, but yeah, so I just followed the boys. Um, you know, we did some squats. We'd use, we had no weights or anything like that. So we'd use other prisoners as weights for squats. Um, we'd do push-ups, we'd do dips, we'd do all that all day long. And before long, I found that I really, really liked this, not just for obviously, um, I guess, the the physical side of things, but how it made me feel inside. It was like I, I started to get this endorphin, right? These, this dopamine that I hadn't had for such a long time. Um, and I thought, you know what? I heard something about this one guy that was locked up and he'd gotten out and become a PT. Uh, so I was like, fuck, why can't I do that? Why why, why is it good enough for him? Why, why can't it be good enough for me? So uh, after getting out of jail, that was uh, the longest I did a year and a half. I was like, okay, I'm going to do my PT course and um, get into the fitness industry. So um, that's pretty much the short, uh, I guess, version of the story. But I found myself working for Good Life, um, which is one of the big box gyms um, in Australia. And uh, it was great. It was really, really good. They were great for support, all that sort of things. But I just felt like the fitness side of things wasn't exactly where I wanted to be. Um, it wasn't just about the fitness anymore because for me, the fitness was, was, I guess, the vessel that got me away from doing what I was doing. But it was more so about the transformation for me, like mindset-wise, um, you know, who I actually was becoming. And so then I stepped out of the, just the fitness side of things and stepped more into the coaching role um, and started to really... I guess, help people, not just with the fitness side of things, but more so the mindset and really realizing that no matter where they're at in their journey, they are capable of becoming anyone they want to be. So um, that's the short version of the story, but that's uh, pretty much what got me from where I was to where I am today. You know what, Ben, hearing everything just then, it really creates like this beautiful energy just for you to just allow you to hold the space for anyone listening right now that you know, your journey began in, in such a horrible place, but it obviously hasn't been, you know, the solution to everything in your life, but it's definitely brought you to where you are now. So obviously when you coach men and you coach women too, there's obviously obviously this vulnerability that comes out of you when you want to help people too because of what you went through. So express to us, you know, what change means to you when you when you work with women and men when it comes to coaching. 
for me, I guess change isn't physical. It's not mental. It's it's not, I guess, you know, spiritual. It's all of the above. So when I look at change, um, a lot of the time you probably see this in the gym, and I'm sure that you see it, Tam, um, time and time again. I'm sure a lot of people listening have seen this or even maybe experienced it themselves. But, you know, let's just say we'll use weight loss as an example, right? So you want to lose 10 kilos. You jump on an eight-week challenge. You lose the 10 kilos. You do all the stuff. It works really well. But at the end of the eight-week challenge, what happens? 90% of the time, we end up back at square one. And generally, we're in a worse place than where we actually were before because we made the changes, but we've then reverted back to our original behavior. So you start to think, I'm a failure, right? And that gets up in your head. So interchange, oh, not interchange, just change in general to me is more so about not just changing physically, not just changing spiritually, emotionally or anything like that, but change overall. So I look at it as the habits, behaviors, mindset, training, nutrition, and also recovery. So looking after your body. So that in turn, not just creating short-term change, we're creating long-term sustainable change within ourselves. What's been the most profound change as of late that you've realized within yourself that you've been really navigating through? Okay, so for years, years and years, even after getting out of jail um, and getting into the fitness industry, um, I felt like I had to put it on a front. Okay, I had to hide myself. So the biggest change I've noticed of recent has been actually being comfortable with becoming vulnerable, um, being able to actually share my story, to be my true self, to, you know, okay, look, cool, this is me in the past, this is who I was, this is what I did, but that's not me anymore. And being able to share that with the community because I think that is so empowering that, you know, no matter where you're at, you can always, you know, it's never too late to make a change. You can always turn your life around and, and do better. So the biggest thing that I've noticed of late is actually being able to share that story and how much of a weight it feels like I've lifted off my shoulders because I was carrying so much shame around being in jail, being a drug addict, being a junkie, you'd call me, honestly, being like in a word that we'd use would be putrid, being putrid, you know, being being the lowest level of low. Like I just had no hope. But every, every day literally revolved around me wanting to get more drugs and how I could get more drugs. So the big, I guess, change I had lately is literally having that vulnerability and you know what? The thing is, it's been received so well. I had this, this like I guess, it was almost like a, a fear of what people would think of me, right? And I guess um, the, the best part about that is like, yeah, there's going to be people out there that go, you're putrid, you're, you're, you're never going to change. But to me, those people are stuck in their own mindset. That there is a really, really closed off and uh, I guess a, a fixed mindset more than actually a growth mindset. I don't know if I've um, expressed on here, I will have to think about this. Well, I'll express this to you guys, but... When you shared about being in jail, you know, I could only relate with my dad who went to jail as well. Um, and that was a huge shame that I had carried for a really long time. It's like, well, if I had, you know, my dad who went to jail and people knew that, what are people going to think of me as a coach, as the leader? And we have been doing so much work around vulnerability, you and I, Ben, and everyone in Queendom too. And I truly believe the more we show parts of ourselves that we feel ashamed about too, the world to our clients and also you know to ourselves it obviously it, it creates almost like this beautiful energy of trust and relate like being relatable to people so i feel yeah i feel like that's created something with your clients as well so tell us more about the vulnerability of your clients sh sharing now that you've been more open to that as well well i think that the the big thing for me when it comes to the sharing of my story is to show people that may be in my position or going down that same road that it isn't too late because I think about when I got out of jail, right? Um, 
I literally was doing my PT course, still smoking ice. I had no, I literally, this, I, was, I had no hope. I felt like I had no hope. I couldn't sit here and have this conversation that you and I are having now, you know, because I didn't have the support. I didn't have anyone that I felt I could turn to because everyone that I was associated with was always in that lifestyle, right? Because I'd been doing it for so long, I didn't know anything else. So through now sharing my story, I've had so many people reach out going, man, I never knew that about you. Like, that gives me hope. You know, I've had a lot of people that are like, okay, like, if you can do it, I can do it. It really has given me a chance to, you know, I guess, use my story now as a platform to be able to show others that no matter where you're at, you can obviously move forward and change. I think as well, the direction with what coaches and mentors now aren't doing is when it build, when it comes to building a brand and building a business, people buy into your story too. And I feel like that's coming out more and more every single day when you're expressing that. And I would also would like to say your son, because you also have a son that you obviously, he's how old is he now? Four. He's turning five in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, sorry, yeah. Amazing. And I feel one of the things, and again, just something that I remember when I was a child, expressing and showing emotion was really hard. And still to this day, Ben, I, I find I get more emotional in movies because it, there's almost this emotion and storytelling that I see. And then in real life, it's something that I'm traversing through now, how I can express more, how I can show what I'm feeling inside. And you're probably seeing that this is coming out in your son too. And you're allowing that. You're giving him permission to do that. And it's probably what you're coaching a lot of your clients as well with if with if their parents are traversing through that. A lot of the time, so for me, it was, you know, we want to see you, but we don't hear you. Okay. Don't speak your voice. Don't don't be a child in other words. Grow up. You know, it's stop crying, stop doing this, stop doing that. And we don't know any different that's just what we do because it's in our nature yeah as, as a child that's what we do okay cool when we start off in life we want to get something what do we do we cry because we can't talk we can't use words and what do our parents try and do they try and shut us up they put a dummy in our mouth they put a bottle in our mouth they you know as you start to get older it's be quiet you know don't do this don't do that and literally it's within our nature so then we you know get conditioned to to not be emotional so to not show emotion for men perfect example big boys don't cry right Big girls don't cry either, right? I've heard that one too. Yeah, so we, we get told this. We get told this from such a young age and that conditioning then gets ingrained in our subconscious and we think, if I cry, does that make me less masculine? If I cry, does that make me less of a female? If I cry, if I express my emotion in the most purest way possible, is that going to make people think a certain way about me? And that's what it comes down to. It's not even about what we want to do anymore. It's about us doing something because of the way it might make other people perceive, perceive us, right? And when it comes to like, I guess, being emotional, sharing vulnerability, so many people are scared to do that because they think, what is this person going to think of me? If this goes on social media, this is a perfect example, right? Like, this is actually a funny example I heard. So like, when you think about sending a dick, t- uh, dick pic to a girl, right? Think about what that would look like as a screenshot, okay? To their friends. But it's exactly the same with us expressing our emotions, right? And when it comes to, there's that list I was talking about earlier. <laughs> when it comes to expressing emotion, we think about, you know, okay, what's that going to look like to other people? And then we stop because we think, okay, is that going to make me look like less of a, ma- um, less of a masculine? Is it going to make me look like uh, I'm a pussy? Is it going to make me look this way? Rather than actually doing what we want to do and actually expressing the emotions that we really feel, we suppress them. Um, just to give you guys context, Ben had a fight over the weekend. Um, <laughs> he was like, uh, my list might come out. But um, you know what? <laughs> I'm now going to start saying things and people are going to look into it. Um, 
that's the biggest thing that I really love hearing more so now and including my partner. Like when I started dating Jordan, he was never with someone in the past that was so open, that was so expressive, that was so vulnerable from like not a place of like projecting her vulnerability onto them but more from a place of like I'm having a conversation with you, I'm letting you know this is what's happened in my life and it's allowed him to do the same and so I feel like this is almost creating a ripple effect in relationships that we have within ourselves with our clients, your son, which is bringing me to where I want to bring up love, right? So Ben, you mentioned before seeking validation of women was such a big thing for you growing up and then obviously through your PT life, but that's changed. Am I right in saying that? (laughs) I think a lot of men see this and do this, um, obviously seeking validation through external sources um, because it makes them feel good, right? It's Once again, it's not even really about what we want. It's about what it's going to make other people think of us. So obviously with men, there's this culture of, you know, slaying, slaying girls, right? I um, heard that. <laughs> right? Never? No. Never, not once. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, you know, whether it be in, a, in the footy locker room or whether it be in the office, uh, in a corporate sort of, you know, space, the boys always would talk about, you know, like, oh, how'd you go on the weekend, you know, talking about girls. And, you know, like, so I was one of these people that would go out, try and pick up, you know, Tinder, doesn't matter what. I was a real womanizer at one point in life. Um and the reason that I feel that I did this and most men do this is because, number one, they're not comfortable within themselves and they can't actually spend time with themselves so they don't know how to be alone, which I think is, uh, I guess, a really, really big thing that we see today in today's culture. So many people are miserable in their relationships, but they don't leave because they're comfortable and they're scared to actually be alone. You know, it's uh, one of the, like, I guess, things that goes back to ancestral times. It's like if we're not in a tribe, if we're not together and we're alone, what happens? We die. And we still think that, you know, obviously in modern day world that if we're by ourselves, we're always going to be that way. So this is where we see a lot of people like obviously allowing things to happen that probably shouldn't happen in relationships, accepting things that probably shouldn't be accepted and then dropping their standards because, you know, whether it comes back to their own self-worth or where they're at in their own life and their journey. Um, But for me, it was really about the whole abandonment thing. You know, any time that I'd have a girl break up with me or I'd break up with a girl, it was like I felt alone. I didn't know how to do that. So I'd go straight from that into the next relationship or into the next girl, into the next girl. Yeah. And I did this and it was a repeating pattern for so long until I actually spent the time to be by myself and realize that, hang on a second, like this isn't feeling good because when I'm sitting there by myself, those girls aren't there. They haven't got my back. I haven't got my own back. Like no one's got my back. What's going on here? So the whole, I guess... Um, the whole womanizing thing comes back down to that external gratification yeah or looking for that sorry no external gratification external validation hey guys real quick have you ever been stressed out or stuck on a problem you just can't seem to figure out and then a friend or a mentor comes along with like a fresh perspective and shows you a solution that completely changes the game for you I'm smiling right now as I say this because I know I've had a ton of these moments while building my businesses and remembering back to all the people I have been helped by, which gets me so excited. So I want to pass on the information here and give you guys a favor to build this Queendom community. You know, whatever platform you are listening on, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button and tune in every Wednesday because you just never know 
when you'll hear that special something that completely changes the game for you. And when it happens, make sure you leave behind five stars so we know our efforts are making an impact. I love you guys. Let's get back into it. Do you um, do you feel that the women you were obviously attracting for a really like a really long time were what you felt you deserved or you weren't ready for anything serious? I think that when you're in that place, when you're going through the whole, I guess, womanizing stage, this is the thing, most people will go through it. Um, for me, I think a lot of that came from seeing my dad. Um, so the way he was with my mom after getting divorced, he got, like, I guess he was uh, in a relationship pretty much straight away. Um, he'd been married seven times. So to me, growing up, I was like, oh, that's just normal. You know, that's what you do. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, we attract the kind of people that I guess are the energy we're putting out, right? So if we're coming across as desperate, we're going to attract that desperateness. If we're coming across as, I guess, you know, um, uh, feeling like we need that external validation, then we're going to attract girls that are doing exactly the same thing. They're going through that same sort of place. So when you step back and go, okay, cool, well, these are the kinds of girls that I'm attracting and they're not the kind of girls that I take home to mum mostly anyways, right? Obviously, there was some. There was a couple that got away, right? There was a couple of good girls that, I just wasn't in the right place for, but um, most of them were, I guess, in the same position as me where it's just like, I'm doing this because it makes me feel good. Maybe it's a story to tell the girls on the weekend or during the week, you know, one of those things. But after taking a step back and going, okay, like this isn't serving me. I actually feel empty now because I'm doing this. And not only that, it's literally a transaction. There's no actual, I guess, love there. That's what we're all looking for when it comes down to the grand scheme of things, right? We're all just looking for acceptance and love. Simple as that. I don't care. If, if anyone says, oh, you know, no, I'm not looking for love, it's a lot of shit. It's literally ingrained in us down to the deepest subconscious level. So obviously the people I was, I guess, sleeping with weren't looking for love. They weren't, obviously were, but they were looking for love in the wrong places just like I was. So after taking a step back and being able to realize that this wasn't serving me, um, it made me realize what I would and wouldn't accept anymore. Um, and that was when I guess I uh, started to, and this is the thing as well. So I'm now in a relationship with... Um, an absolutely amazing girl. Um, she is literally such a pure energy. And I almost fucked it up three times. I almost fucked it up because I wasn't ready, you know? And I'm just lucky that we just kept crossing paths. And I was like, well, fuck. I mean, this is happening for a reason. Maybe I need to jump into this. And to be honest, I've never had a relationship where things are so easy, um, where things are... Obviously, we still have our arguments. We still have our disagreements. That's all part of, you know, life. But being able to now have a pure relationship and rather than meeting each other and being like, okay, what can I give you? What can you give me? And it being a transaction. And then eventually what will happen in that relationship, which is what I see so many times with friends of mine and also in my own patterns in the past would be, you know, it'd be all good for a while. But once we get what we need, we get bored of each other and we grow apart. Yeah. A relationship now, I understand, is this is my understanding of it anyway, is meant to be something where two people come together, meet each other where they're at, and grow together. Yeah. So. I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is resonating so much with me. I'm like, I want to say more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen you like. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I remember in past relationships as well, and very funny. I'm I'm happy to always talk about this because I've gone through so many. I've let go and also forgiven myself for the mistakes I made in relationships for a very long time. The re- the past relationships I was with, I used to blame them for a lot of the things on what they weren't doing, what they weren't providing. And I realized, you know, 
being single for a really long time too, Ben, I realized there was a lot of parts in myself that I had to look within. I was really just projecting my own shit. And the what, like the most beautiful thing that you just said where you come together with another person and you grow together, honestly, the biggest thing that I realized when I started dating and now I've been a year in a relationship with Jordan is it's a partnership and, you know, it's, it's, it's soul union, it's soul family, and it's also a mirror of yourself. So one of the things I've also realized the more I'm in this beautiful relationship, when I'm going through something, it also affects Jordan in a way. It's a mirror effect. Um, has that been something you've seen in yourself now being in a new loving relationship that you guys are always kind of like, oh, I can see the dynamics here changing. Oh, what's coming up here? Are you very open speaking about that? Yeah, I think that that's something I also learned from previous relationships is that communication is such an important thing because what will happen is, like you said, you will have things come up and we feel triggered. And in the past, I'd react. I'd go, fucking you did this. You made me feel that way. But hey, take a step back for a second and realize that no one is really trying to hurt anyone, especially in a relationship. And if they do, then it's more so you being triggered or a wound being rubbed, right? So I've now noticed that when there are things that come up and I get a bit upset, I take a step back and it's like, where is that within me that's actually rubbed that wound? So it's given me an opportunity now to actually be able to, like you said, not only, I guess, instead of being like the poor me, you did this to me, blah, 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 blah. It's now like, okay, cool. I feel this way. I know it wasn't your intention to make me feel this way, but how can we work through this together? So instead of, I guess, being at each other like you'd see so many times in your previous relationships and obviously like I'd see in mine, now it's like, cool, let's meet each other where we're at. And like I said, I'll come across to your side of the bridge and see where you're coming from. But you need to come across to mine and see that obviously what you said or what happened there is something that I need to work on. I need you to help me do that. So being able to actually work together through those things has been a, a really, really, really big thing for me in this, uh, I guess, fresh relationship of mine. I want to bring this back to what you do because you're a high performance coach. So looking at that, right, you know, we look at the physical, the mindset and spirituality, everything, but relationship comes in there as well. So of course, has that been something now that being in a relationship, it's opened up just, I guess, a whole new view in how you coach, how you do business, you know, how you do life, how you speak to people. Because there's, um, I always, I can never pronounce his name, Brendan, what's his name? Ben, Brendan Burchin or something. He's a high performance coach. Um, I always look to him. I'm going to get it wrong, but I'll fix this up anyway, guys listening. But when it comes to being a high performance coach, I've realized that I was doing really good in business, not so good in, you know, dynamics and family and friendship circles and things like that. So if you were to bring forward, you know, to the listeners, what does a high performance coach mean to you? Helping people to find balance. So I think that this is what a lot of high performers would see, okay? CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, you name it, right? To get to where they are now, they've had to sacrifice certain things. And I think that a perfect representation of this is the, the wheel of life. I know that you've done this exercise. I do this exercise with clients all the time. It's actually um, a big part of, uh, I guess you call it a daily planner or journal that I'm about to release as well, the Interchange Happier, Healthier You Journal. Quick little pump there for products. <laughs> but um, this is uh, not bad. Eh? It's pretty quick. Um, but this is actually one of the fundamentals that that was based off. And what we see is that 
like I said, so these high performers will generally be sacrificing other areas in their life, whether it be relationships, whether it be love, whether it be friendships, social. And even though, I guess, if you look at the um, if you look at the actual wheel of life itself, it's 10 different categories. There's like health, wealth, um, financial, business, so on and so forth. And obviously, if their wealth, finance, and business are doing well, generally on the other side of the spectrum, we'd see that relationships and uh, social and spirituality and all that sort of stuff might not be so good. Even down to self-image, they might be letting their self-image slip for the fact of obviously trying to get their business to where they want it to be. But then they wonder why they're going through life and it's a little bit bumpy. And this is where the wheel of life comes into play because if you look at the wheel of life, the way that we look at it is you have these 10 areas and there might be a little bit out of balance. And if you imagine that you had a circle and each one of these, I guess, areas is like a point on that circle, right? And if you look at where you're at on a scale of 1 to 10 on that circle for each one of these areas, if you put a little dot there and then join them all up, it's meant to make a nice round wheel, which is when you have everything in balance. But what we see 99.9% of the time is that it's this, you know, peaks and troughs, you know? So bumpy, imagine that being on your on your car, right? On the front wheel of your Mercedes or on the front wheel of, you know, Nissan, whatever it may be, okay? And um, imagine then trying to drive that car, right, with this wheel on there that has all these bumps and shit all over it. And then you wonder why, uh, you know, things are a little bit bumpy in life. And this is exactly why. So as a high-performance coach, I guess that it is my job to try and bring all these things back to balance. So it's not about fitness at all. It's not about habits at all. It's not about any of this stuff alone. It's about bringing all these things together. So whether it be business, relationships, family, um, I guess you name it, all these things that are the things that we hold as important, um, it's about maybe taking a step back from certain things so you can put more energy into the things that you might be neglecting. So in turn, you can have a more rounded wheel, if that makes sense. And do you believe that you can have a whole circle, like a whole beautiful wholeness in your life? I 100% do. But I also do believe that at certain times there are sacrifices that need to be made, but it's up to us to self-assess and make those necessary sacrifices where we need to. But when we also need to pull those things back so that we can allow the other things to, to flourish as well. And this is where I guess a lot of men get stuck is they get very stuck in that masculine they're doing. And instead of being human beings, they're being human doings, okay? They're you know doing all the stuff. They're doing all the business. They're making all the money. And so for instance, I'll use my dad as an example of this. And the reason I can say this now is because I have seen in the past uh, with my son the same things playing out. So my dad would go to work and he'd work his, you know, job. He, he owned a carpet business and he did quite well. Yeah, he, he always did quite well, but it was very up and down. And so he'd work big hours. He'd be at work from 7 a.m., so probably most days before I was getting up to go to school, and he'd get home at 5 or 6. Then he'd spend the rest of the night in front of the TV before we'd sit down for dinner, and that would be the only time I'd see him would be in front of the TV or while we're eating dinner. And the thing is, if you ask him, he'll tell you he was doing all this to support us and provide for us. But at the time as a kid... I didn't understand that. As a child, you don't understand that they're out there doing this. All I saw was that he was never there, right? So this is where I mean like with business owners and entrepreneurs and anyone out there, especially like I said, the males, they tend to do, they do, 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 and they can't see that they also need to just take time to be, spend time with the family, do the things that actually nourish us, you know, spend time in nature, um, do the stuff, get some sunshine, go for a walk, all these little things, the little things that we forget about because we're so stuck in the doing. I um I read this beautiful post literally the other day and it was it was basically explaining the balance between feminine and masculine and energy for women and men 
And this has been something that myself being so masculine in what I do in everything that the dynamic then changes with Jordan and I. And he's a very feminine man, but he's also a very masculine man in in a, a completely different way of what people deem as what is healthy masculine, what is distorted. And I speak about this quite a lot. Um, I feel this is really important for men and women to hear because you've started to see the transition within yourself with the balance of you having feminine and masculine energy and how that has created such shifts into your business as well as what you're working on right now with wanting to coach men in this space. Tell me more about that. So um, the big shift I've noticed for myself is that obviously I used to be very similar to, I guess, my dad. You know, always doing, always doing, always doing and not actually being able to recognize and take a step back. And I noticed that that was actually affecting the relationship I had with my son. That was a big wake-up call for me with this stuff. So when it comes down to it, like the, the like you said, the, um, uh, what was the word you used? Uh, the, um, the balance between masculine and feminine for me is really something that I've been working on myself, but also something I've been able to work on with my clients. Um, so actually taking a step back for myself and being like, okay, you know what, I need five, 10 minutes now just to you know maybe meditate, do some breath work, do something to disconnect rather than sitting there in front of the computer the whole fucking day and just being absolutely miserable at the end of the day. And this is the thing, like, at the end of the day, time is the one thing we can't get more of, right? So the big thing for me was realizing that I only have a certain amount of time with my son. So even if it means rather than doing, just being, spending time with him, doesn't matter what it is, that's something that I think is so important, not just for myself, but also for all the other men out there, is taking time to actually do the things not just for yourself but to nurture your children as well so someone new listening right and they were new to the personal development space new to the learnings and the healing and this was maybe a man they're like i want to start creating change within i i see that i'm hustling hard i see that i'm seeking validation i see that there's more to life than just doing what would be the first step that they would need to take in order to take i guess to go in the right direction find one small thing to do different today than you did yesterday and just continue to do that thing so for instance if you're someone that i guess gets up in the morning rushes out the door not having breakfast um maybe get up like half an hour earlier go to bed half an hour early even first of all to make sure you're getting enough sleep but get up half an hour earlier and start to practice gratitude Okay, so rather than just taking everything for granted, start to, to think about the things you're grateful for. And this is a challenge actually because a lot of people will be like, okay, I'm grateful for my car, I'm grateful for my work, I'm grateful for my job. Stop talking about the shit and start talking about the actual things you're grateful for. Like the, the things that if you didn't have them, you'd be completely lost. Grateful for relationships, you know, the, the love that you have from your partner. Grateful from the smile that your son gives you every day when he sees you. Grateful for being able to wake up and breathing still grateful for the sunshine because when it's sunny it's always going to be a happier day right start to actually think about the unmaterialistic things and the untangible things not the tangible shit so the stuff like money and uh you know because you can always make more money right it's cars you can always buy another car but the time you spend with your son you can't get more of that um the time you spend with your partner you're not going to get that opportunity back ever again that moment right there is going to be that moment forever yeah, you're never going to have that exact moment again. So 
start to practice gratitude would be a great one to start with um, because the more things that you have to be grateful for, the more things you'll find to be grateful for and the less negative shit you're going to have in your life. Because at the end of the day, I think this is the thing, when it comes to that feminine energy and I guess being stuck in the masculine, it's always the doing, 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 like you said, not the being. But we always tend to find negatives, right? But if we can start to find the positives in everything we do, it's going to make everything so much more enjoyable. Do you know how hard it is for people to start doing this? And it's just so nice to hear like the fact that you're bringing forward that it's not just about the materialistic things, but it's really like the things that every single day that we get to see and witness that we take for granted. And I think one of the things I've really loved in this journey of healing and personal development is you see the greats like Tony Robbins, you see Brene Brown practicing and preaching the gratitudes. And yet still to this day, people are like, how the fuck do I just write what I'm grateful for? And this is where your journal that you're bringing out is really to create debt. It's like, You've got this beautiful thing that you're about to release that's going to give people how to, like, there's really simple steps on how they can start to create change. And I feel so many people need to hear more about that right now because I feel I never had that when I started. I didn't have the guidance of, like, how to start changing my life in in those little increment steps, so... Hey, beautiful kings and queens, are you right now in a space where you're ready to take action and build your business, yet you struggle where to begin? You're feeling stuck and overwhelmed with all the things you need to do when it comes to building a business. Now, my Empire Circle membership is a 12-month commitment where you will build the business of your dreams in the online space and be in the arena of all the incredible great humans out there that are building seven to eight figure businesses. Now the foundations that I truly believe in that you are going to learn through this membership is sales, marketing, content creation, social media, money mindset, and of course, branding. Now all of this will be accessible for you to be learning what is currently hot right now in the market and how you can create your own business and build a successful business in the online space. All you have to do right now is DM Empire in my Instagram or email myself and my team and we will get the ball rolling so you can have your empire and start making moves in the online space. I um, I hear you 100% there. So like I said with, um, I guess, getting out of jail for me, I had no one there to support me with that. But also with this personal development side of things, it was also the same as like what you said. I'd watch some Tony Robbins shit. I'd listen to some Joe Dispenza. I'd... I didn't have the steps written down and it's only through, I guess, talking to so many different people, going to so many different courses, so much self-help work, all that sort of stuff that you start to, I guess, bring it all together. But um, so the Happier, Healthier You Journal, um, it pretty much brings all that stuff together in one simple sort of book. So um, it starts with self-assessments. We spoke about the wheel of life, okay? So looking at where you are first to get started um, and that gives us, I guess, our baseline. So this is where you're at right now. But then from there, it'll take you through the process of setting goals, okay? So who do you actually want to be? And then from there, what's the difference between point A and point B and how can we fill that void? And each day, it's a daily sort of check-in. So in the morning, so once again, like you said, um, you know, like I was saying, sorry about morning routine. So if you're someone that rushes out the door and does all that sort of stuff, you haven't really got, I guess, a process to your day, this is the perfect tool because it'll allow you to sit down and spend 10 minutes and don't tell me that you haven't got 10 minutes because we've all got 24 hours in the day. You can get up 20, you can get up literally 15 minutes earlier um, and you can make it happen. So everyone says, I haven't got time, but we all have the same amount of time in the day. If something's important enough to you, you will make time for that. And the thing is, I think that this 10 minutes would be the most important that you spend in the day. 
because it means you're going to frame your day the right way and make sure you're going out into the world with a good head on. You know, you're not worrying about the shit that happened yesterday. You're not worrying about the fight you had with your missus. You've actually set good intentions. And so each day you start with the daily gratitude. So you go through and list three things that you're grateful for. It also helps you to set the intention behind how you're actually going to take the day on. So for instance, one of the questions in there is, um, think about the worst possible situation you'd find yourself in and how would your best self deal with that situation? Um, also down to, I guess, uh, contributions. So who is one person that you know that you could text, message, call, or do a kind act, uh, uh, sorry, act of kindness for? Um, that would really appreciate it. So for instance, trying to, I guess, practice that gratitude for yourself, but also trying to pass on the positivity as well. Doing these things, I guess, these small things that seem so small, I call them one percenters because by themselves, they seem pretty irrelevant, right? But if you put 100 of them together, you've got 100%. And that's 100% of your goal and you're achieving where you want to be. So doing these 1% day in and day out, by the end of the three months, which is how long the journal is, we also do the same assessment we did in the beginning and you can see how far you've come. So the Happier Healthy You journal is a great foundation for anyone that really wants to start doing this or continue doing the work. That is amazing because one, you get to then see how far you've come. And I, again, like you and I both never had something like this. And this is why I feel like it's such a great thing that you're offering this to so many of your clients and people out there listening, um, that it's these small little things that will really create such big changes. And then, you know, it's so nice to just see the transition you're doing because, you know, yes, you were a personal trainer and you're doing high performance coaching now, like let the listeners know what you're working towards now in business and in life. I want to be the next Tony Robbins. <laughs> um, so obviously I've been, I wouldn't say stuck, but I've been in the space of personal training, online coaching for fitness for a long time. So um, at the time when we're doing this interview, it's Interfit is my business. But by the time it gets released, I'll be transitioning into Interchange, which is, I guess, showing people that it's never too late. That's what interchange is all about. That is my why. Um, and the thing is, listening to my story, if I can do this, if I can make a change from where I was, then I know that anyone is capable of it. No matter how old, how young, where they're at, their money situation, it doesn't matter. There's always an opportunity and there is always small steps that you can start to make. And this is the thing. People would probably look at me today and go, he's just a fitness guy. But without knowing my story, if you listen to my story, a lot of people are actually blown away because they're like, how can you have come from that? To where you are now from like literally one end of the spectrum to the complete opposite and it doesn't happen overnight okay this shit takes time it takes work and that's the big thing okay it doesn't just take i guess intention i'm going to be a better person i'm going to be a better person i'm going to be a better person no you have to do the fucking work it's as simple as that it really is as simple as that do the work reap the rewards yeah um i think that's the the big thing so with interchange it's more so about helping people to make that transition no matter where you're at, okay? Whether you want to, I guess, build your business, build your relationships, become a better, I guess, a, I'd say a better man, right? Because the big thing for interchange is showing men that, you know, external validation only serves you for so long. And when you can start to look after yourself, you're going to start to not only find real relationships, real connections, but everything in your life is going to go so much better for you. Then coming to the end of this episode, I always finish with this one question. Oh, here we go. It's a deep one. It's really intense. <laughs> but you've obviously shared so much 
advice and your story. And I feel if if there was just this one key you could give to the listeners, you know, this key is to give them, you know, the keys to their queendom or kingdom, what would that piece of advice be for the listeners right now? Oh, that is a deep one. Think back to yourself 12 months ago, right? And think back to where you are right now. Where you are right now is an exact replication of what you've been doing for the last 12 months. So if there is change that you want to make and if there is something you want to change, then you need to start doing the work now because what you do right now will lay the path for who you are in the future. Ben, where can everyone find you on the sofa? This is where you get to drop more of your plugins. Um, all right. So by the time this episode gets released, it's going to be at interchange coaching, um, or, uh, that's it pretty much. Yeah, that that's it. Facebook, Ben alone. Um, I've also got a Facebook page for interchange. Um, if you want to find out more about the journal, follow the link that'll be on my Instagram page. Um, or I can even probably give you the link to my Shopify for anyone that might be interested in that. And you can maybe chuck that in the comments, yeah. I'll have yeah. to do that for you, darling. Uh, yeah. How's me just like doing that without even asking first? But yes, thank you. Appreciate it, Tam. Declare it. Declare it. And plus, you're one of my one-on-one mentorship clients. So of course, I'd support you, legend. Thank you so much, Ben, for being part of Keys to the Queendom. Everyone listening, I am so grateful to be having your support each and every week, dropping in amazing episodes, amazing guest speakers, as well as my amazing clients that I get to work through and change their life each and every day. Ben, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.